I run an Etsy page and he messaged me or one of his team members messaged me and go, hey, we really like your story. We'd like to meet up. And I'm like, hi, I don't really know what you're propositioning me for. <laughs> uh, what, are, what are we talking about? Yeah. And he emails me and he's like, can I call you? And it's like 1130 at night. And I'm like, what do you mean? Can I call you? Like, what do you want from me? Yeah. And he calls, uh, Hunter calls me and he, he just tells me the story. And I was like, huh. Well, I mean, if you want to meet up, I guess we can meet up tomorrow. And he's like, that's great because we leave this, the town tomorrow. We're leaving the state. And I was like, that's, yeah, let's meet up tomorrow. Why not? I don't know what's going to happen, but let's give it a shot. And yeah. it just all happened so fast. Like, I, I I, didn't know what to expect. And then all of a sudden we were bringing in $10,000 in like two hours. And I was, holy crap, this might actually work. We might actually be able to build this dojo in our backyard. Like, this is insane. Yeah. I wow. hadn't heard of him before that. And then all of a sudden he's like changing my life in 24 hours. It's insane. If you've been looking for the perfect t-shirt line, Inspired Tees Co. has you covered. They offer a line of awesome Christian and American themed tees for the whole family. Whether you want cool t-shirts that express who you are or want to spread awareness with shirts like their new breast cancer tee, they have something for everyone. You can also shop their Military Veterans American Tees, and with every purchase from that collection, they're going to donate 15% of the profits to the Wounded Warrior Project. Make sure to visit their website, inspiredteesco.myshopify.com. Tiffany Ann, you're the owner of Dragon Academy of Defense, and you recently had the opportunity to work with Charlie Rocket, who is, by the way, definitely a bucket list guest of mine. And after hearing your story, I wanted to have you on the show because I think there's so many people that are involved with martial arts and would love to jump on and be able to support you and help you out and, and, you know, share your story around. So thank you again for joining me on the show today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'd love to go back with my guests a little bit. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Uh, I was born and raised in Apache Junction, Arizona. Um, I, I was a very strong, like headstrong kid. I, I definitely manipulated my parents into a lot of things. And one of those things was uh, we were walking by a strip mall where my martial arts school was based at the time. And I was looking at all these kids doing all these kicks and tumbling and stuff. And I was like, man, that looks so cool. Mom, we're going in. And she looks down at me and she goes, you're like three and a half. We don't have time for this. You can't do this. And I was like, we're doing this. And my instructor was like really hesitant because he was like, the youngest I really teach is five and you're, you know, you're a little too young for me. And I was like, if you give me a shot, I'll be super, super excited and you won't regret it. And like, that was 23 years ago in April. And I, I've never looked back. Like there, there's never been a time in my life where martial arts hasn't gotten me through it. Um, There was a period of time where I was in middle school and I was being bullied and my first response was to dive back into martial arts like full-on just you know going to going to class every day multiple times a day like no matter what happened that was where I went because that was my release that was what was safe for me that was where it was you know comfortable that was that was my forte that's what I did well and that's what I was proud of so that's where I would go and I got through that bullying experience but not without a lot of trauma I um there was a period of time where I really considered suicide a few times, which is one of the reasons that I teach suicide awareness and bullying, anti-bullying tactics, because especially right now, kids are going through just so much. Mm-hmm. You, you have absolutely no idea what they're going through in school, especially with, you know, the pandemic. Like we, we just, 
we have to set up a whole different set of roles for the pandemic for school. And having that opportunity to go to a place where you have hunting dogs and you're allowed to hit things and you're allowed to talk your feelings out, that's really important to me. So when I started teaching, I started teaching at 13 when my instructor um, told me I reached an upper rank and he's like, the only way that you get to, um, you get to pass you not strength is by learning to teach kids. And at the time, I hated kids. Like, I didn't want anything to do with them. They irritated sure. me. They were just not not for me. I didn't want it. And so I first started learning to teach, and I was like, this is awful. You know, students are just whatever. Like, I want to learn for me. And it took me a year or two, and I realized that this is actually super fulfilling. This is really helpful. I get to help kids who are younger than me who are going through similar to experiences that I was going through. And it was like, well, I can share my experience, and I can help them. And from that moment on, I, I realized that that's really what I wanted to do with my life. And um, I've been teaching for 15 years and I started doing uh, volunteer work at a local charter school out here. I would teach their after school program and their summer school program. I was the physical education so that they had something to do between their eight hours of, of sitting still in the classroom. And we just had a lot of fun. It, it, it's great to be able to be that person for kids to, to talk to about literally anything because there's nothing off limits in martial arts. Martial arts can get you through anything if you put your mind to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. My, my kids, they started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu about two months ago and the confidence level in themselves, just being in that class and just to see them grow in the te technique and everything, man, it's so amazing as a parent to watch that. And you're just changing lives through what you do with your students there. So I just want to say thank you again for that. As I was doing research on you, you were posting some, some really cool pictures. Your dad just seems like an amazing man and a warrior. And, and I want to say, I'm sorry for your loss. What kind of person was your dad? My dad, he was born and raised in New York. He was the kind of person, he didn't take shit from anybody. Like yeah. that was just who he was. He went into the army when he was 17. He signed up while he was at school. He actually had dropped out of school and he came home with, to his mom with his piece of paper. And he said, mom, I already signed up. I just need your signature. <laughs> and she, she looks at me at him and she goes, well, I mean, I guess I can't stop you. And so he signed on to the army at 17. He was deployed two months later um to vietnam where he went over and he rescued uh pow's he spent i think he said two years over there just jumping out of perfectly good airplanes those were his words yeah uh and parachuting into these um enemy lines areas just so that he could try and find you know a couple of dozen pow's here and there and he he ended up saving a woman who was crossing a dm zone and he didn't realize at the time but as he was helping her across she was pregnant and in labor and he realized that she wasn't going any further so he put her down under a tree where he thought it would be safe enough and he helped deliver this kid and this woman who spoke no english whatsoever named this kid after my dad and like that's the, that's my favorite story for him he was he was just he didn't tell a lot of stories unless he had you know several drinks because he just it was a lot for him to remember sure. And that story is the one that would come out most often. And that was always my favorite to listen to because like, I just can't imagine being pregnant in a war zone. And so, so having some random stranger trying to help you to safety and then helping you deliver your child, like that's gotta be just a miraculous moment. And so he gets out of Vietnam. He does a couple tours over in Germany and he comes home. And as soon as he gets out of the army, he realizes, well, I still wanna help people. So he goes into the medical field. He ends up being um, a medical assistant. So he would help people who were like quadriplegic and stuff. He would help move them from bed to bed. And he was teaching somebody 
how to lift somebody properly. And this person was like a 400 pound quadriplegic dude. And the guy that he was training either lost his grip or just didn't care and dropped his end. My dad was holding his head and my dad was, he was the kindest person you'd ever meet. He would give you the shirt off his back and any cash he had in his wallet and apologize for not giving you more. That was just who he was. Yeah. So he caught all 400 pounds of this guy, burst like six discs, ended up having six screws put back, put into his back and he never straightened up after that. So he was on disability for the, for the entirety of the time that I was alive. And yeah, he, that man went through so much pain and so much heartache, but he never complained about anything. He was just always, you know, happy and confident and he would always give advice to whoever asked for it. He would help everybody. And he ended up becoming my uh, business partner when my instructor informed me that he was going to leave the state and open another school in a different state. And I looked at my dad and I was like, I really don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, well, that's okay. We can figure this out together. And we signed on as partners and he would handle like the, the talking to parents and picking up payment and everything, you know, just doing that side of it. He's like, because I want you to put all of your energy towards teaching because that's what you're good at. And that's what you, you know, that's where your forte is. That's where you're going to be strong. I'll pick up whatever slack you have left. And he was just, he was an amazing dude. There was never a, a day in my life where I wasn't proud to be his daughter. And he, he instilled this confidence into me that as long as I tried to do something, I would, I would succeed because that was just the kind of person that I was. And that was the person that he was. If you tried and put your, your, your mind into it then you can do anything and when he caught covid so he was really sick he had a really bad immune system he had a bad blood transfusion that gave him a whole lot of diseases including hepatitis c Hmm. his immune system was just bad from the start and when covid hit we were safe for the first year we um so of the two of us of the four of us that live in my house two of us were disabled so my boyfriend and my mom would go to work, but they would work in retail and my mom works in a public school system. So they would encounter the most, you know, sick people and they would bring home those diseases to us and we would get sick. But we were safe for the first year. And then in January, um, New Year's Eve actually is when we all decided that we were just not feeling so hot, so great. So we were gonna quarantine ourselves. Two weeks later, realized that it was COVID. And my dad looks at me and he goes, you brought that home to me, didn't you? And I was like, I didn't mean to. And he's like, yeah, huh, sure, sure you didn't. Yeah. A couple of days later, he goes into the hospital. He's like, I think I just have pneumonia. You know, I'll be okay. I'll come back in a couple of days. And I was like, all right, that's fine. You know, be safe. Keep us informed. And we would text message every time. He was in the hospital nine, 10 times a year for a couple of weeks at a shot, just because he, would have, uh, he had kidney failure. So he would go in for dialysis every so often. And um, he, he went in on January 8th. And he ended up getting admitted for COVID. It took them 27 hours to find him a bed. And then it took him four more hours to actually get a room. Wow. So he was just in a bed in a hallway for those couple of hours. And all of a sudden, you know, like the day after he got actually admitted and into a room, you know, his text messages started to come in garbled. We weren't really sure what he was saying. So we would call him and he wouldn't talk into the phone. So we still had no idea what he was saying. We finally had a nurse call us and say, we have to put him, you know, on, we have to trach him. We have to put something down his throat so that he can help, we can help him breathe. And we're like, all right, sure. You know, as long as it helps, it hasn't, it hadn't been the first time he's done it before. Hmm. We weren't, you know, surprised. And then it just, it just kept getting worse. It kept getting worse and worse. There were four patients in his room 
all being treated for COVID. And so the only time that we got to see him, unfortunately, because this was at the peak when Arizona had hit our second peak, um, we weren't allowed to go in and see him. And every other time he'd been in the hospital, we would go in, I would tape up some pictures and I would draw some dinosaurs on his walls and stuff and bring him toys just to, you know, I would bring him like RC helicopters so that he could mess around and screw with the nurses if they walked in or whatever. Cause you know, it, it helped him fight and it helped us smile because we knew, you know, we were there in spirit even if we couldn't be there in person. Sure. But this time we didn't get a chance to do any of that. We were only called in when the doctors had had him under trach and sedation for two weeks and they're like we really need you to make a decision do you pull the plug or do you keep fighting and my mom my mom and I we walked in we saw him in his room of four people and we're like you can do this you know we just kept talking to him we kept saying you know you can fight this we believe in you this is this isn't anything different you know it's just a really bad cold we got this you got this we can do this and we told the doctor there's no way we're pulling the plug you know it's it's not what we want it's not what he would want he's still fighting and about a week later, we got a call from the night nurse that said, hey, his vitals are tanking. Um, I'm going to put you on speaker. I think it's time for you to say goodbye. Mm. And uh, the hardest part was that we couldn't be there. Like we couldn't hold his hand. Yeah. But uh, that night nurse was really kind, really sweet. And she held his hand and she put us on speakerphone and we talked to him for about 10 minutes. Um, I just kept saying, you know, we can do this we're strong because of you mm -hmm. and um we understand that you can't fight anymore yeah. like we wanted him to know that just because he wanted to fight it didn't mean that that's what he needed to do and uh, that nurse on the other the other uh, the other line said you know that's the that's the easiest thing that you can do for somebody because if they think that you're still fighting for them and that you're they're still fighting for you then they can't give up Mm. and that's I just kept repeating that thing like you know it's okay we got this if you gotta go you gotta go and yeah. um, about five minutes after we hung up we got the phone call that uh, he had passed and that was really hard that was definitely the hardest thing we've gone through as a family but sure. I've uh I've always been the strong one in the family besides him so mm. I haven't really been able to you know properly express that grief because I'm trying to be strong for my mom who was married to him for 42 years I mean they met when they were 11 wow. and so they just they had this relationship for the entirety of their life and yeah. so I'm trying to be that strong person that she can lean on and you know keep him keeping the hope alive in our house because if I don't then there's nobody who can mm -hmm. but um, you know a lot of the things that we've that we've learned has been it's all incorporated with my dad. Like he's always been there to just give us, you know, that little nudge in the right direction that, are you sure you really want to do that? Cause maybe it's not such a good idea. And, you know, we've learned just so much from him and it's really important that I keep that. And um, I continue to move forward because if I don't, then I'm not, you know, honoring his memory in my yeah. opinion. Oh man, what a crazy thing to have to go through. And again, I'm so sorry for your loss and I can't imagine being in that position. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Tranquil Turtle Massage. Tracy over there, the founder, she's a small town girl from Montana, loves God, loves her family, loves her friends, loves working out, fishing and camping. She has a passion for helping those in need and enjoys being creative with woodworking, crocheting, healthy baking, 
pottery and cooking. Look, she began her massage journey back in 2010 where she graduated from massage school up in Anchorage, Alaska. She specializes in her signature massages, the Hanu Infusion and the Hanu Ashiatsu, as well as the Gua Sha and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you're looking for a massage specialist and someone who could get you feeling good, go see Tracy down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. And while you're there, check out CDA Microblading, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fibroblast, tightening, and PMU services right there in the heart of downtown Coeur Make sure you book your appointment at pnwmobilemassage.com. And you're a warrior yourself too. I mean, you had open heart surgery and it sounds like much more than that even. Yeah. I mean, and then... I come across you online on Instagram and this is what's crazy. I, I've been following Charlie Rocket for a long time and you come, I see the story that he's talking to you. How did you guys get connected? Cause some really cool stuff happened when you got connected with oh him. Oh my goodness. What, okay, what ended so, up happening? So the day that he found me 24 hours prior, I knew nothing about this guy. I'd never okay. heard of him. I'd never heard of anything that he had done. Yeah. And I run an Etsy page and he messaged me or one of his team members messaged me and go, Hey, we really like your story. We'd like to meet up. And I'm like, hi, I don't really know what you're propositioning me for. Uh, what, are, what are we talking about? Yeah. And he emails me and he's like, can I call you? And it's like 1130 at night. And I'm like, what do you mean? Can I call you? Like, what do you want from me? Yeah. And he calls, uh, Hunter calls me and he, he just tells me this story. And I was like, huh? Well, I mean, if you want to meet up, I guess we can meet up tomorrow. And he's like, that's great because we leave this, the town tomorrow. We're leaving the state. And I was like, that's, yeah, let's meet up tomorrow. Why not? I don't know what's going to happen, but let's give it a shot. And yeah. it just all happened so fast. Like, I, I I, didn't know what to expect. And then all of a sudden we were bringing in $10,000 in like two hours. And I was, holy crap, this might actually work. We might actually be able to build this dojo in our backyard. Like, this is insane. Yeah. I wow. hadn't heard of him before that. And then all of a sudden he's like changing my life in 24 hours. It's insane. Come on. That is unbelievable. What's the update on the school? On the update. So we've made $17,000 in about a week. Yeah. Between donations and we, I have so many stuffed animals to make. I don't know if my hands are even going to survive this, but Come on. <laughs> um, we've got, so we've got a, a quarter of an acre which is, I'm outside right now. We've got a quarter of an acre and we have this, um, I don't know, 20 by 20 foot section, like taped off for where we're going to build it. And we did this two years ago because two years ago when I was doing the volunteer work. And so we would teach during the day. And then at night we were allowed to come in and teach my regular class. And then when COVID hit, they're like, we can't have anybody in here. We're really sorry. When it, when it passes, you know, maybe you can come back. And with it still going on, we've been having to work either outside, which is like two months out of the year that we can actually do that. Right. Or we work inside the house in our living room, push all the furniture away. And um, now, that, now that we have the money, we're going to lay down the concrete. And we're going to get started on actually building. My students are so excited. They have no idea what's going on. I tried to explain it to them. And they're just like, we don't care what happened. We're just so excited. We're going to get a school. And I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> Come on. That's so amazing. So cool. Now, I saw these animals, or, or I think they're called stuffies, right? Like, yeah. how long does it take you to make those? It really depends on the stuffed animals. Some of the okay. stuffies, it'll take me four or five hours. Some of okay. them, it'll take me like two days. It really depends on the complexity. Most of them, most of the ones that I have posted take me about a day. Okay. Okay. Total. 
when did you start like crocheting? Like, how did you get into that? Um, I learned from my grandma, actually. She was a seamstress. She was the only, I was the only person in the family of her 12 original kids who each had at least two kids who each had two kids. I was the only person who was interested in learning. Okay. And so I got to learn for about six months from her before she passed. And then I kind of just taught myself. I would take patterns and I would do YouTube and I would try and figure out what it was that I was doing. Half the time, it was miserable. I didn't make anything. <laughs> kind of just made a mess. Sure. But like over the years, I've sort of like perfected it. And then when I got diagnosed with POTS and all these other different medical conditions and they're like you got to stay on bed rest and that was you know four years ago four years on bed rest is insane by the way yeah so when they told me you can't do anything but stay in bed I was like all right well I guess it's time to really start figuring out how to crochet things so I bought a couple of really cool patterns like books of patterns and the first thing that I made was a goblin and the goblin took off so fast like everybody and their mother was buying one or four (laughs) And I was making them like five a day for a while. And it was insane. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, I have some other patterns I can try. I don't know if it'll take off as much. And I had about 40 orders before Charlie found me, 40 orders okay. total. Right. And um, up until that point, it was kind of like, you know, whenever people had time, they would, you know, buy something kind of thing. Right. I, I was learning how to crochet for a really long time. And then I finally started getting good at it. And my Etsy page started to take off. And being sick really makes you find things to do. It gives you a reason to find a new hobby. <laughs> totally. Totally. So what's the best place for people that, to contact you or follow you and get your page and support you in your business? Honestly, Instagram is where I've been finding the most support. I, um, okay. I post updates every day. I post little you know snippets about my story and everything. But um at this point, that's really the only like social media that I check daily besides Facebook, but Facebook yeah. is more personal than it sure. is for, you know, business. Yep. And um, so, yeah, Instagram is where, is where it goes. That's where I post all my videos for my classes and all sorts of stuff in there. Love it. I, I, I on my show, I always have to play this game called pod decks. It's just random questions. Okay. I, I'm going to pull one out here. We'll see how it goes. And, and uh, we, I like to finish with some fun questions here for us. Yeah. Uh, this is a fun one. Describe your perfect day. Perfect day. Oh boy. Um, perfect day. I wake up. I don't have the constant pain that I have from the four surgeries in my chest. I'm able to get up and do a workout beforehand if it's a class day, I'll do a lighter workout so that I don't look like, you know, a total wimp in front of my students when I do the workout with them. Um, I'll spend some time um, crocheting if I have an order. I'll Netflix binge because that's my life. Or I'll uh, do some homework because I'm also going to school full time while I'm doing all of this nonsense. Wow. And then I'll teach class at night. Come on. I'm a big music guy. So I've asked the question like, well, who's a favorite band for you? Or do you have a favorite type of music you like to listen to? Uh, I'm pretty eclectic. I'll listen to just about anything, but my go-to music when I'm like stressed is disturbed like that, that headbanging rock out, turn it up really loud. So people think you're possessed kind of music. That's the kind of stuff that I rock to when I really need a moment to just like figure out what's going on in my brain. Yeah. Oh, that's a great (laughs) band to rock out to for sure. Uh, I always love to give the opportunity to my guests at the end to, to give a shout out to anybody that is impacting you or helping you in your journey there. So the camera's all yours, Tiffany. I mean, aside from Charlie, because I wouldn't be here without him. Yeah. Um, 
And there's a lot of people who've just had like belief in me. And that's mm. really nice. I've had some students, my very first student um, that was considered my, my very first student, he and his family is a family of three siblings that I teach um, a couple of times a week. Him and their grandparents have stayed with me throughout this entire sickness. They've made sure that they've, they've spent time with me. They've checked on me when they had no business to, when I was just, you know, a student, a person who was there to teach their student a couple of uh, basic self-defense routines. Like they, they've been super kind to me, super just supportive. And of course my mom and my dad, even though my dad's not here, like he, he was my biggest supporter and my biggest cheerleader. And he was, he's the reason that I've, you know, made it as far as I have in my school. And so I definitely just want to appreciate all the people who have stuck with me, even though, you know, there was a period of time right after Open's heart surgery that everyone was like, are you still going to teach martial arts? Because can you? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I can. I just don't know if I'll be able to take the hit as well. Like, sure. <laughs> but wow. Tiffany, and you are an absolute world changer and you're such a warrior. Your dad is awesome. And I'm so thankful to have had you on my show to share your story because your story is impacting so many more people than even what you uh, even think about right now. There's so many people that heard your story that are like getting fired up that didn't reach out to you. So I just want to say thank you for sharing your story. Super honored to have you on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. What's going on? Thank you so much for watching the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. If you've not seen my show or you don't know the services that I offer, I wanted to drop them to you right now. One, I do voiceover work. So if you're looking for a voiceover person to cover your motivational videos, or maybe it's Kickstarter videos or whatever it is, let me know. I'm more than happy to help you out there. I also work with brands on brand and product videos. So they'll send me their products to do reviews or box openings. Let me know. I'd love to work with you on your product as well and help you get that product out there. I also love to be able to share my story. So if I can make an impact on one person at your next speaking engagement, let me know. I love to talk about my story. I love to talk about how our past does not define our future and morning routines and being consistent, how to be around those successful people that are just going to lift you up. Let's chat about having me speak at your next event. Let's make it happen. Again, thank you so much for checking out this show. Check out ericgallonmedia.com. Really appreciate your time. Have an awesome day.